Brother, brother, check my class Hi everyone, Techloy here, and today I'm at Ventures Park in Abuja, and I have here Joseph, who's the
Hello, good morning. My name is Ada Ushang, and you're welcome to Zoom Tech Pack webinar series. I'm going to be your moderator for the session today. And the session we're going to be having is how to fast track your business digital transformation and opportunities this pandemic has presented. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing extensively the effects of the pandemic, the challenges it has posed, and the opportunities. So for every challenge, there is an opportunity presented. We have two subject, ex subject matter experts on the session today. We have Daniel Ali, he's the CTO, Zone Tech Pack. I'll just be running through their profile briefly. Daniel is the CTO at Zone Tech Pack, one of Africa's leading software development and tech outsourcing firms. He's a full stack engineer, mentor to hundreds of tech talents and machine learning enthusiasts with experience building large scale, complex data driven solutions. Right in this session with Daniel, we have Franklin Chiese, Senior Software Engineer and Della. Frank Franklin is a Senior Software Engineer at Andela. He was formerly, he was formerly the engineer at Comwix and CTO at Caribou. Um, I would just like to share my insights. Personally, there's no denying the fact that this crisis is acting as a catalyst for economic, societal, individual, and corporate change on a scale that has not been, that has not been seen since, in the, since the Second World War. The scale and velocity at which things are changing is shining a bright light on the fact that organizations are facing Organizations are facing a once-in-a-generation alteration, despite all the ambiguity about what the future holds. It's already clear that the future is digital. Going straight into the session, I'd like to start with a poll because you, my audience, are very important to me. And I'd like to start this session with a poll. In the next 10 seconds, please answer this poll. So for ease of access to navigate your way through the app, you can mute your mics while not speaking, switch off your video to conserve data, and also please leave your comments, chats, questions in the chat session. There will be time to answer your questions and possibly interact. I can see the polls are going. Okay, so I think we're done with the poll. Okay, right, thank you for your feedback. So I see that 43% of you think that the challenges businesses are facing or likely to face are declining sales, 43% think this. 71% think inability to physically engage and sell to customers. Interesting. 
Interesting, interesting. 57% think inability of employees to work effectively from home. And a whooping 86% feel disruptions of business and cash flow. On the other hand, we have 29% thinking supply chain disruption, 29% think increase in cyber threats, 43% think travel and movement restrictions. I would have personally thought people's fears now would be increase in cyber threats. But then this takes me to my question one. What are the major challenges businesses, individuals, especially tech talents are facing or would likely face post-COVID? I would like to direct this question to Daniel Ali. Daniel Ali, are you here with me? Yeah, good morning. Can you hear me? Good morning, everybody. It's nice to be here. Hello, Daniel Ali, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Good morning. Okay, great. So I'd like to direct this question to you. What are the major challenges businesses, individuals, especially tech talents, are going to face or likely to face post-COVID-19? Okay, thank you very much. Um, I, would, I would start by saying that it is, it is no news anymore. This has affected um, everybody, um, whether you're a business owner or you're a tech talent, wherever you are on the ladder, uh, this has affected everybody, maybe not necessarily in, a very, in an equal manner. Uh, but something that is very critical and that we should not um, ignore here is that necessity is always the mother of invention. So with that, um, this COVID-19, for instance, has forced many around the world to Think to have to rethink their daily lives. And some of the major challenges that a lot of businesses um, have had to face, one of them particularly is inability of employees to work uh, remotely. Honestly, we all know that a lot of businesses as at the time COVID-19 um, lockdown started, many businesses were not prepared for remote work, even though there has been a lot of conversations about um, how remote is the future, how, um, I mean, businesses need to start allow, um, thinking about it but it kind of caught everybody unaware. And that has been one of the major challenges. So even though um, people still need to continue to work, but then being able to guarantee um, effectiveness um, while working remotely has become one of the major challenges. And I agree with, the, uh, with our audience on the fact that this, um, this, this, the major one of the other major challenges, which is probably the, the biggest one from a business standpoint, is the disruption to business and, and cash flow, obviously. Consumers, um, I mean, clients, we, we cannot, businesses could not reach um, their clients. It's been difficult to meet people because a lot of business models um, sent, are, are built around the ability of people to congregate. And that has been one of the major challenges. So people, businesses have had to start rethinking the way they do things, looking at what has to change, um, looking at a number of, um, uh, and like I said, we were not prepared. Honestly, and like 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 we've we've seen that over and over um, across time, uh, but this is just uh, totally different. That's in addition to the fact that yes, um, I don't know. Do I stop here or do I keep going? Oh wow, that was insightful. There's a lot to discuss, so you can stop here. We will definitely visit other questions in relation to this question. It's important that this session is very interactive. Hi, Franklin, can you see me? Uh, 
I can hear you. <laughs> okay, you can see me. Oh, fantastic. Let me let me correct that. You can hear me. Welcome. Oh, I see myself now. Fantastic. Thank you. I can see you now. So um thank you. That businesses were not prepared. I would like to say that nobody before we go to question two, I'd like to take the second poll. Please leave your comments or questions in the chat session and there will be time for that. Sorry, my check. Was there a question? I lost it for a second there. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes. Fantastic. We're currently taking a poll, so we're just waiting for the results to come in, and then we will go right into the second question. All right. Thank Okay, I think the polls have been taken. And so this poll is basically trying to get your feedback on what, in your opinion, do you think are the major opportunities this pandemic has created for businesses? A whooping 75% think adoption of remote work and collaboration. Wow. Wow, interesting. 6% think access to subsidized funding. 44% think diversification into new markets. 69% impressively think greater use of technology and automation. 56% think opportunity to cut operational costs. 50% think growth in demand for e-commerce and online sales. 13% think more impactful CSR, which is corporate social responsibility. So this would lead to my second question. I'd like to hear from the two panelists because I feel their experience on the subject matter. And I'll be directing my question too to Franklin. Franklin, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, fantastic. Question two, what, what are some of the major opportunities this crisis presents for businesses and individuals, in your opinion? Right. Thank you. Um, once again, just like Daniel, I would like to go with the, uh, with the audience. I think one of the uh, most significant things that we've seen is that even businesses that maybe were uh, skeptical of remote work have seen that they can survive uh, with it. In a way, this pandemic has forced everyone to, uh, to pause and have a rethink. Uh, those that were thinking about it have been encouraged to dive into it, and those that were skeptical have been forced to give it a try. And uh, many of them have seen that it can actually go well for the business. Um, the, the advantage of having to work there, we go you know, for post-COVID-19 is that it's going to give your business um, a competitive advantage um, because going out of the uh, 
business will be, businesses will be making, especially to uh, prospective employees, is that we offer remote work, we offer flexible work. So in fact, people will come to expect it. So if you are lagging behind on that, if you are unwilling or uh, if you are slow in offering remote or flexible work, you run the risk of losing uh, you know, good potential employees as they dive to other businesses that will be doing that. So I would encourage businesses that can afford remote to go, um, to go remote. Um, then uh, for individuals, obviously it means that you know, one of the advantages um, having an environment where you know, we have a lot of businesses offering remote work is that location no longer becomes a limiting factor. So you no longer have a situation where there's a company you would want to work for, but that company is too far away. And so because of that, you lose the opportunity. Uh, that also opens a larger pool of companies that you can work for because, again, the limiting factor of location has been removed from it. Conversely, from, for companies, it also means they can now afford to hire individuals that they would have lost due to location because now uh, they can tell those individuals to work from wherever they feel comfortable uh, working from. Um, and then, of course, there are opportunities that go with greater use of technologies and automation. Uh, it also you know, requires changes on part of the businesses because uh, it may require training of staff and co. But I think, um, just like the audience uh, have voted, the, for me, one of the, if not the most interesting opportunity there is the adoption of remote work. Okay, thank you, Daniel. So I'd like to just um, reiterate on some of the points Daniel outrightly raised. In, in his opinion, he outrightly said, opportunities for businesses right now are automating processes, um, moving their workers to remote working. So instead of having to converge people in a particular place and then you have increased operational costs, you can encourage remote working. I'd like to also mention something personally from research. I just, feel, I just feel the pandemic presents diverse challenges for businesses across all sectors and geographies. A lot of organizations have immediately had to adjust from activities around growth branding, business transformation, and digitalization to crucial steps needed to ensure business resilience and continuity. While these changes, it is understandable that the opportunity is not only to continue to focus on business continuity, but to also explore other options of diversification. I would also like to throw a question to, to Daniel. Daniel, can you hear me? Yeah, absolutely. I can hear you. Okay. I'd also like you to address the question too. I'd like to hear your point of view. In your opinion, what are some of the major opportunities that this crisis presents for business and individuals? Cool. Um, thank you very much about that. Like, like we said earlier on, um, every, every challenge is uh, in itself. Uh, we've always known that from historically that every challenge is in itself um, as within it, uh, the seed 
which constitute the opportunities that um, it also presents. So just the same way, for instance, I was saying during the first part of the question, looking at what are some of the challenges that this crisis um, had uh, basically presented to the world. One of the things that we mentioned there is the fact that there has been disruption to businesses and cash flow. So on the flip side, if we are looking at what opportunities this, come, uh, this also presents, it, it presents, us with, uh, presents us with an opportunity to be able to reinvent the way we think about how we've been doing businesses. Meaning that, um, so for instance, some of some business models that uh, used to be, uh, that, that we really don't care about before, we probably need to start looking at them. Especially looking at the fact that um, human behavior is changing. And honestly, that's one of, being able to capitalize on that, being able to understand how this crisis is uh, changing human behavior, uh, both in terms of how we buy, how we sell, how we congregate. This will definitely give birth to a new, uh, to, to, to a new set of business ideas of how we actually transact. And for me, it's, so it's, it's, more, it's more about how we are able to, um, you know, the insights we are able to get from what is going on right now and how it affects us as individuals. Yes, I agree with the fact that um, there will be improved corporate ability for long-distance long collaborative work. While that in itself is a very big opportunity uh, that we can then cons concentrate on, especially as business leaders, um, you then be able to, we then start seeing startup ideas, uh, project ideas, you know, um, solutions that can be built. What solutions can we develop? What products should we start thinking about? Because maybe two years ago, those products wouldn't have made a lot of sense. But now is the opportunity because of what we now see. And the fact that there's going to be a lot of data flow. Uh, people are working remotely. People are having to do things remotely. Even people are congregating remotely. Um, so meaning that a new array of solutions needs to start coming into the market. And I, I believe that the opportunity there is that we as, as, uh, as business leaders need to then understand that this is the time to actually figure it out and know where should I be putting my money, uh, uh, basically. So I, I think for me, that's, that's, that's one of the key things, ability to connect, um, ability, ability to be able to draw insight from the, the effect of the crisis and especially how it affects human behavior. That is, the, that, is, that is the space within which majority of the opportunities we are looking at are going to be coming from. Great, great. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel, for sharing your insights on that. Thanks for that feedback. Um, what I took out of what you said is the opportunities this presents is for individuals and businesses to draw insights from the situation presented to us, to be able to decide where to invest, what to invest and how to invest, and the opportunities, how to leverage on them, what you need to be doing, how fast you need to be doing them, and when you need to be doing them. This will now take me to question three. Um, the fourth industrial revolution may be underway, but most businesses are yet to properly prepare many of the innovations afforded by information and communication technologies. The first 
industrial revolution may be underway, but more, most businesses are yet to properly leverage many of the innovations afforded by information and communication technologies. How do you think businesses should respond, given the array of challenges that are imminent across the globe, and especially in Africa? Franklin, how do you think businesses should respond, given the array of challenges that are imminent? across the globe and focusing on Africa, where we are. All right, uh, thank you very much. So I, I think, again, drawing from the response that, uh, that Daniel just shared, businesses will have to be more data-driven. We'll have to make um, data-driven operational decisions if we're going to be able to respond appropriately. Um, for instance, uh, we know that one of the industries that have had or that have taken a major hit during this time is the hospitality uh, industry. Uh, and it's going to take a long time for things to return to normal. So you are thinking of stuff like hotel, right? Um, what they can do is leverage data from even the transportation industry. So, uh, this talks both about data, uh, leveraging data and also collaboration. So you get data from the aviation industry, for instance, from that you gain insight into movement of people into travel, into, you know, travel and related data. And then you make decisions based on that so that you're not in a situation where uh, you are operating, you have an operation cost that doesn't justify or that isn't justified by the uh, number of customers that you're getting, right? Um, another thing that uh, businesses can do is also to leverage existing solutions that address uh, changes in human habits or changes in consumer habits. Um, and when we talk about changes in consumer habits, it's going to be one of the, probably the biggest, you know, challenge that businesses will face post COVID-19. People are just not going to do things the same way to do it before, right? And this is going to pose new challenges. But the good thing about it is that there are, for some of these challenges, if not most of them, there are already existing solutions to them. So businesses will have to leverage those existing solutions. Um, to give a specific example, um, the business I interact with to get my devices, whether mobile device or uh, laptop or whatever, before COVID-19, I had to go over there to get whatever I wanted. Uh, Post-COVID-19, I don't think I'm going to be in a hurry to go over there, right? So such a business will have to adapt to that my changing habits by probably collaborating with or taking advantage of um, a business that offers um, dispatch, you know, to help deliver whatever item I may be getting from them. So that's an example of how businesses will have to leverage existing solutions to accommodate the changes that will occur in, in uh, consumer, uh, consumer habits. So yeah, I think those are two important uh, ways that businesses can respond to ensure that they are data-driven and to leverage existing solutions to problems that they'll be facing post-COVID-19. Thank you. Thank you for that awesome feedback. Thank you. I'd like to direct the same questions to Daniel. What would be your response or approach to this question? Yeah. 
Thank you very much. Um, for me personally, I 100% I, I, I agree with um, Franklin on the fact that businesses need to use data the more. Um, so for instance, decisions, decision making had to be data driven, literally every part of the, of the entire business from, uh, from human resource and management to um, product and service delivery. Uh, basically, being able to embrace technology end-to-end. -end. And what this means, uh, what this means basically is that there is a big part of, uh, there's a big part of how we used to do business that, that now needs to be automated. And that, that's, I, I believe that's the whole essence of this, of this conversation um, in the first place. Being able to look at what part of what we do now that, we, that needs to be automated. I remember a couple of, um, about, about a year or slightly more, about a year ago, for instance, there were a lot of conversation um, around um, the future of job, I mean, or the, the future of work. And one of the things we were saying at that time is the fact that there are jobs today that in the next five or six years would be rendered useless because of then the only, the, the, you know, the major threat to jobs then was primarily around machine learning, the, uh, you know, the, the fact that AI, um, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and robotics uh, are seriously on the rise and the advancement that are being made in other areas of science and technology to actually drive the breakthrough that we see in, uh, in these, two, in these um, two major areas. But now that has changed. Um, just the same way, I mean, some of us, we, we, we do remember, we may not have been born by then, but we all remember that a lot of the technology, some of the devices that we carry in our pocket today were born, you know, the original ideas were born out of necessity, for instance, during World War, World War II, for instance. The need for um, troops to be able to communicate effectively was one of the major reasons that wireless communication had to, you know, be improved upon significantly by um, either the German um, army or the, or the Japanese army or the United States army and all that. And today, a couple of years later, a lot of things have changed. But this is a different story but it's still very similar, which is why I started my conversation by saying that sometimes crisis is usually the, mo the model of invention uh, a lot of the time. So in this particular case, embracing technology, um, you know, 100% is one of the ways to go. This means new product has to be developed. And one of the things that we'll see is that, um, you know, depending on the way you run your business, it may also not be uh, you may also not be able to find solutions in the market that meet 100% your business requirements. Um, let me explain that this way. So for instance, um, there are a number of solutions in the market, uh, but there are a lot of things, there are probably a lot of things that are different, that are unique, that actually makes your, you know, those were the things that gives your business the, the competitive advantage because of the way you've built your processes and your workflow, such that it may be difficult to be able to get a solution of the chef that needs to be developed, which is why as an organization, uh, being able to effectively invest in uh, either building, sol developing solutions that can help with this, um, uh, you know, uh, digitization and automation is key. In addition to the fact that being able to also leverage partnerships. So um, there is this part where people say that um, if you have 10 things that you need to do, sometimes you probably just have to focus on the three that you know how to do best and then partner, you know, get the others done through the right partnership so that you actually excel at what you do best and then you, you can easily outsource um, uh, the remaining parts 
you know, so that you focus mainly on the core of your business rather than getting to do everything. And then it becomes, um, you know, uh, jack of all trade, master of none. But overall, one thing that is very key here is being able to embrace technology, solution development, software development, as well as, you know, uh, leveraging on data and uh, partnership. For me, these this, this are the uh, ways organizations globally are going to be um, uh, responding. I'll use an example just before I close out on that. Um, there, is a particular there is a particular company that produces um, fast moving vehicles. Um, at the beginning of COVID-19, for instance, we realized that suddenly this company started producing um, uh, ventilators en masse because they realized that within you know, the next two or three months that COVID-19 will probably be, be around, it's possible they may not be able to produce. They may not be, they will, even if they can produce, they may not be able to sell uh, cars, you know, as much as they had projected. But they realized that there is something else that is going to be selling um, very fast. And what did they do? They simply used the available data to understand which direction should we be moving. And for me, I think that's key. That's criti critically important for organizations now. To, that's, that's one way I think uh, uh, organizations need to be able to respond, um, to be able to cope with this uh, whole thing that is going on. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Daniel. Thank you for addressing that extensively. I would like to mention that please leave your comments and questions in the chats box. I am receiving some questions already. There'll be a session to address your questions. Some, if not all, so please leave your questions or comments in the chat. We would attend to them shortly. Going straight to question four. I'm going to be directing this question to Franklin. Franklin, I'm sure you're ready for me. There's a lot unknown about how the world will transform after we get the novel coronavirus under control. But it is extremely unlikely that things will just go back to exactly the way they were before. Our workplaces are likely to change. And we see the skills companies will require will change. Now, the question is, what skills should people invest in? What opportunities should people invest in in preparation for this new world? Franklin, please give, throw some light on this question. Thank you very much. Um, if there's something that we've touched um, quite a number of times already on this call is the, the need for data. So obviously one of the first skills that uh, would be very relevant is data literacy. Um, the advantage of having um, this as a skill or the advantage of being able to draw insights from data both as an individual and, a, as, and as a company is that it gives you a sense of readiness and it puts you in a position to react to coming um, coming situations uh, because if there's anything that we can draw from data it's always strength you know we can see you know the direction that things are moving to and then we get the opportunity to react accordingly um, but having data at our fingertips without the ability to react is pretty much useless so another skill that will be very useful is the ability to adapt adaptability which again i think has been mentioned on this call um, nobody is sure what we are going to meet on the other side of this pandemic uh, the, we do know for sure that there will be changes to consumer behavior uh, but we are not sure what those changes will be we also do know that there will be new laws and legislation by governments 
even though we are not sure what they may be. Uh, the point uh, to be made here is that whatever those changes are, whatever uh, those new laws are, we must be ready to adapt, right? You know, it's, we may get to a position where there are things that governments didn't require of companies that would now be required, perhaps for the health and safety of the general public. And um, as companies, we must adapt to that. Um, another useful skill is responsiveness. I, I think it's, a, it's also, you know, it's somewhat related to adaptability, you know, responsiveness to opportunity. I was reading recently about Emirates Airlines, and it turns out that during this period, whilst, you know, their passenger operations have been grounded completely, they've not allowed that to result in a massive loss for the company. And what they've simply done is that they, there has been a surge in opportunities related to cargo delivery, right? You know, because now we have a need, an increased need for medical equipment. We have an increased need for a lot of things, uh, food supply and what have you, right? So what they've done is they've, they've simply responded to the opportunity by converting a lot of their passenger airplanes to cargo airplanes, right? Um, similarly to that, there are a number of fashion outfits who have now turned uh, to the manufacturing of uh, PPEs, you know, personal protective gears, you know, face masks and what have you. And um, this is going to be a skill that will be useful not only in this time, but going forward. Because if there's, if there's anything that we should take out of this current situation is that changes that break the way things work are probably going to be more regular, right? So this is not going to be uh, a once in a hundred years um, situation. This is something that is probably, or something similar that is going to happen in the next few years. So companies have to be in a position to take advantage of whatever opportunities arise from um, such changes when they arrive. Um, another, if we look at the likes of Amazon and some other companies, another thing that we've also noticed is um, um systems that require reduced human interaction. And this makes sense, especially in this period where we are asking uh, a huge portion of the population to stay at home. You know, for warehouses like Amazon to continue to operate, they've had to um, accelerate the adoption of um, robotics and related technology. So for companies in certain industries, this would have to be something that they would also have to consider. Uh, so consequently, it would mean that individuals that possess these skills would also be in great demand uh, for those companies. So yeah, uh, just to recap, uh, some of the skills I think we can uh, invest in post-COVID-19 data literacy, adaptability, um, responsiveness to opportunities, and uh, robotics and related technologies. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Franklin. Um, I'd like to dig a bit deeper and I'll be throwing this same question to Daniel, but I'd like him to be more specific as it regards tech, technology, and the ecosystem. So I would like you to address 
as it regards skills for the talents and opportunities for businesses. Daniel, let's take it from the tech perspective. How or what do you think are the skills and opportunities that people need in preparation for this new world? Yeah, um, thank you very much, um, everyone. Um, so I'll be looking at the, I mean, I'll probably just pick it up from where Franklin stopped. Um, some of the things that he had highlighted are very similar to uh, some of the things that uh, I also passionately believe in. Um, but in addition to that, I, I would like us to look at um, the financial, the, the global financial um, trend, for instance. We are going to that point, you know, where the, the, the traditional um, legal tender is probably going to start failing because, some, for instance, we've seen how big economies had, had to crash overnight because of, um, you know, uh, based on where we were, for instance, um, now we're going to start seeing a very big surge. Yes, before now, there has been a lot of conversation around, say, a technology like blockchain, for instance. Uh, but now, looking at some of the reports, even from um, you know reputable organizations like Forbes, like Harvard Business Schools, you realize that a lot there's a, there's, there has been um, there's there's a kind of a renewed conversation, a renewed conversation around: Do we need blockchain now? Is this the right time for us to start considering blockchain? Is this the right time for us to? Deep, deeper on AI and ML and all. So for instance, I'll, I'll pick a, a specific example. Even though um, uh, we're doing a lot of social distancing and all, let's take an example of payment. When you're done in a particular mall, you finish buying whatever you want to buy in a mall, the system that we operate now still requires that you go close to someone who would most likely have to count you know, calculate what you've already, what you've purchased. Uh, you probably need to exchange your card. I mean, on the minimum, even if that particular company uses POS, there's possibility that the POS you're um, going to be operating, you need to impute your PIN. There are probably a thousand people who had had to touch that um, prior to that particular time. You're not even sure who is who, which is bringing us back to the entire conversation, for instance, around contactless payment. You know, so this so it means that there is a lot of opportunities and a lot of skills that we need to start looking, taking a look at. So for me, one of the areas we're looking at has to do with one blockchain. And interestingly, this is one of the things that we that um, we focus on uh, a whole lot, especially as an organization at Zone Tech Park. Um, we, we, we take a look at training. We're taking training very serious now because on one side of the entire chain, when the need of organizations start changing. When organizations start waking up to, rea to realize that, oh, we need to get this done. There is the need for the talent to be able to get it done, which means there is the place where talent needs to start preparing themselves on blockchain, on artificial intelligence, on machine learning, on web development. I mean, that's an area that we, whenever we talk about required skills, it's as if we always assume that um, the general development side of things, the web development, mobile development are already intrinsic. And honestly, a lot of that, these skills are going to be required now, especially as businesses are going remote, as um, we start looking at industries, like even the event industries, as they start redefining themselves from, say, um, uh, a business that needs people to come together physically to a business that requires people to be able to connect, set up networking uh, in a very virtual manner. So some of the specific skills we need to be able to start looking at 
in addition to blockchain that I've mentioned, in addition to AIML, like Franklin also mentioned, Internet of Things. It means that we are at that point in time when we need our adwares to be able to communicate together more often and more effectively. I mean, we, we, we were almost getting there uh, pre-COVID-19. It probably would have taken us another five years to be able to get there as, um, you know, but then this event, this entire event has kind of fast tracked um, um, that journey, uh, basically. It means that there has to be, so on, on, the, on the business and on the business side, I'll say this, on the business side, businesses need to start realizing that now is the time to start responding, not necessarily react, um, because there's, there's a major difference. So instead of businesses being a, a kind of a reactive one, when it comes, you just react. Now is the time to not just uh, respond, but also be able to you know, rely extensively on insight to be able to know where should we be putting our money um, in. That would, depend, that would now determine what solutions should we be building. Um, for instance, we have a number of our engineers, for instance, internally and in, in, in a lot of other places. We have a lot of our engineers that focus on building solutions that revolves around, because we understand that um, remote learning is going to be key. Right? So we are putting a lot of effort into getting you know, all that ready. So for me, in terms of skills, machine learning is key, blockchain is key, um, data literacy, like uh, Franklin um, had said, is also extremely important because it's one thing to have the data, it's another thing to be able to make decisions based on that particular data and know where we're going uh, in terms of um, opportunity. I mean, that's in terms of um, skills that are required. Thank you, thank you. I would like to agree and agree and agree with everything you have said and Franklin, the skills required and the opportunities to leverage on are enormous. We just need to locate and maximize the opportunity this situation presents. Taking this discussion further to question five, In response to travel bans, there has been school closures and recommendations to not gather in large groups and keep social distance to limit the spread of the virus. Many people turn to digital tools to keep some semblance of normality. It's been imperative to digitally transform our places of work and education to be able to operate effectively. These situations clearly present a lot of opportunities and this accelerated the need for digital transformation. We have iterated what these opportunities are. We have also iterated what the skill sets required to take advantage of these opportunities are. Now we need to extensively address how to prepare. So it's one thing to identify what the skill sets required are. It's another thing to identify the opportunities the situation presents. But you cannot just jump into decisions. You cannot make decisions based on what you don't have adequate knowledge about. So I'd like Franklin to go first and address what are some of the steps we need to take in preparedness for these opportunities? What are some of the things we need to consider? What are some of the things that we need to put on the table 
to evaluate the opportunities, the losses, and everything surrounding making decisions and being ready to leverage on these opportunities. Franklin, please help us address this question. All right, thank you. Um, so as we, um, as we prepare to take advantage of um, the opportunities, I, I think one of the very typical starting points in any uh, journey is to define what the end goal is for you as a company. What are you um, trying to achieve and how do the opportunities lying in front of you help you to um, help you to achieve those goals um, and then tied to that is also the uh, how do I put it the recognition that the changes that come post COVID-19 uh, may not be easy for everyone right you know there may have to be uh, a period of um, delayed adoption or a period of trial you know you have these new opportunities and then you have new solutions, but you have to try them. And we know that when we are faced with changes, naturally there's always a resistance to accept changes. So as a company, as you try to adopt, or try to you know, uh, adopt some of these new opportunities that come up, you also have to give yourself, um, you have to approach it with that recognition that this may not go smoothly, this may not go according to plan. So what I would typically advise is that whatever adoption that we are making, we should probably shy away from, um, shall I say, from wholesale changes. I know that the temptation is going to be there to radically change a lot of things. But I don't think that is necessary. And I don't think that's, you know, that's... Um, a recipe for success. So what you can do is, even after identifying the opportunities you want to um, take advantage of, even after identifying the areas where you want to change, you take them step by step and let it be feedback driven, right? So for instance, uh, to try to give some more specific examples, one of the changes that will be occurring post uh, COVID-19 will be uh, cultural changes with respect to the way we interact with each other in the, um, and so forth. And even little things like having to do temperature changes before um, getting into the, uh, into the building. Now, there may be resistances to some of the new measures that companies will put in place to safeguard their employees. So what companies need to do, instead of putting in place a ton of changes uh, and hoping that everybody advice to them is to go step by step and then let it be feedback driven so you put in one change and then you ask people how they are adopting to it and then based on their feedback you you try to adjust whatever it is that you may have to uh that you may have to adjust so you start from having an end goal what you want to achieve and how the opportunities in front of you help you achieve those to the recognition that the changes that you have to make to make to take advantage of those opportunities will have to be done step by step. You know, you have to make little changes and then get feedback on how those changes are being incorporated, uh, knowing if you should if you should adjust anything before you go ahead and um, before you go ahead and introduce 
more more changes. Um, so I think those would be two very important points that I would always advise on. Have what you want to achieve with your opportunities that lie in front of you, and then know that taking advantage of those opportunities are not going to happen all at once. It will have to be a gradual process, and it will have to be feedback-driven. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Thank you so much, Franklin. Thank you. This session has been insightful. I'd like to direct this same question to Daniel, but I'd like it to be more tech-specific. So in preparedness for these skill sets and opportunities, what do you think in specifics people need to consider when they want to take advantage or prepare themselves for the future post-COVID-19? All right, um, thank you. So in answering that question, and uh, while I agree with Franklin, in answering that question, I would try to take, I want us to take a few steps backwards and look at um, the fact that a very a large percentage of digital transformation um, often fails. Um, and this is, this is, this is um, data that is available. Um, it's already, it's, 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 this statistic is available in the public domain, for instance. Uh, we realize that not all ideas, especially when people set out to say, uh, we want to get this done, the energy is there, the drive is there, but a number of these initiatives to fail. So the question is, why? Because if we don't, if we ignore that um, statistics that stares us in the face, then we may, we, may, we, may, we, may, we may end up finding ourselves taking the risk of going down through that same, uh, you know, going down with that same mistake. Rather, we look at what has worked and probably just follow. That one, why some of these things fail, is very close to what Franklin had said earlier. Um, failure, for instance, of organizations to, um, to realize that digital transformation is a continuous process as change, and uh, you know, as change is, is, is doesn't end. So, being able to clearly define what are we trying to do at this point in time, that would help us formulate a very specific pro um, state, uh, problem statement. And then be able to know if, for instance, if I want to digitize, or you know, if I want to digitize um, a portion of my H of, our, of, of, of my HR business, or let's say I run a production um, company, if we are going to be digitizing or we are going to be developing a solution to help automate, um, you know, some of our workflows, what should it exactly be? be? You know, that's one of the critical things: being able to have clarity on what needs to be done. And the other part that we also look at, which is also very key, is now the talent. Like the, the people who have to get this thing done, you know. So apart from the fact that we've gotten the feedback from the people, but being able to also partner with the right um, um, organization, being able to also understand this is where our own strength ends. This is, this is what we can achieve. That's why you realize that even sometimes um, software development companies do you know, give out, they do outsourcing some of their own product. They know that we don't have capacity in this area. Let's partner with, with this particular organization to get this done. That way you're able to cut down on time. You're also able to ensure that you're able to deliver um, the required, um, you know, the, the basic, the required level of, um, of quality that is expected. So in terms, so this would help us to then understand how should we prepare. Trust me, for, for, the, for the tech talent, for instance, that's for the talent on one hand, 
um, training and retraining is key. Being able to understand, use insight to know what are the technologies that are out there, what languages should I be focusing on, what extra skills should I be gathering, but then being able to drive that decision through data so that you don't end up focusing on the technology just because it's exciting does not mean um, uh, it is rewarding, uh, uh, basically. And for organization, on the other hand, I think I've al already mentioned that, that in terms of what should we, how should we focus on it so that it doesn't fail? Uh, that, that's where um, a bit of expertise, I mean, a whole lot of expertise, not just a bit, comes into play. Partnership, understanding what needs to be done, and then it just makes it easier uh, to be able to follow through with whatever change management initiative is being put in place. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you. Sadly, we're coming to the end of this session. I'd just like to throw this open. Please be reminded you can throw in your comments or questions in the chat session. We are gradually moving to the question and answer sessions. I have a few questions here. Some people have sent questions. We will not be able to attend to all. However, we will try and address some. Let me take it from the top. Now, um, question from Lara. She says, with the poor national telecom infrastructure, can Nigeria and other African businesses really, really capitalize on the opportunities offered by remote work? Or will it be another loss of opportunity for Africa? Uh, Daniel, I'll direct this to you because I know that you have expertise with tech training, you have expertise with tech talent, you work with them, so you can throw more light on how to better um, prepare your staffs or workers for remote learning and just address this question. Okay, uh, thank you very much, um, Lara. So uh, from the question, you're simply saying that we all understand that there is a, not just in Nigeria, uh, with the poor national telecom infrastructure. Um, I honestly believe that, yes, we have challenges, no doubt. There are lots of challenges in this particular area. But we've also come, um, a, 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 you know, we, we, we've come, we've come a, a longer uh, way in this particular area. So, for instance, a big part of um, some major parts of Nigeria, for instance, are now being um, covered with, I mean, they have 4G coverages, uh, coverage. You have a, a number of African countries. So I honestly believe that the demand, so it means that now, this is it, they, they, they are, there's going to be a, 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 a rise in the demand for this for these services. And a lot of these telecom um, companies, they are in for the, also for the, for, the, um, for the profit also, with the understanding that the demand is also is going to go up, we, would natural, we can only naturally expect that um, to be able to deliver better services, these infrastructures would gradually be put, in, be put in place. But it doesn't mean that we can't start taking advantage of what already exists. While we are hoping that the telecom infrastructures, uh, that the tele uh, telecom companies can start putting in place what needs to be put in place. But I think based on where we are right now, it's not as great as, he, as, I mean, as it used to be. Sometimes we, we, we still have to struggle with internet to be able to connect and all. But I honestly believe that rather than focusing on the, um, on the, on the negative side of what is not available, I think it is high time that businesses, businesses and individuals start looking at, okay, based on what is available, how fast can we go? How fast can we, you know? And then that pushes the limit of 
even for the telecom companies themselves. And then it, probably, it has a way of forcing them to actually um, get the right things done, really. And that's, that's one of the things we've also observed um, even across the, across the entire country in the last couple of years and across Africa um, generally. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. I totally agree with everything you've said. My next question, I'll be merging two questions into one to uh, manage time and also at least address two questions. I'll be directing this to Franklin. So, Osagi Osamudia Men is asking, is there a defined process? I know we just addressed the preparedness or level of preparedness that people need to have attained in order to leverage other opportunities. Osage wants to know if there is a defined process for an organization to transform into a digital organization. If so, he will need to shed some light. Um, Daniel would, uh, Osage would contact you privately to get these answers, but you can address what you think will be a defined process for an organization. Also, Timmy is asking, Thanks for outlining the skills required for post-COVID-19 era. In your frank opinion, are Nigerian software engineers ready to engage and sell their skill as freelance developers to the global technology market space? And what are the consequences of this? Franklin, I'd like you to address this question because she mentioned your name. This question is from Tammy. All right, thank you very much. Um, so for the first person, the one about uh, defined process for an organization to transform. Well, because different organizations, especially across different industries, have different needs, uh, it may be um, a little difficult beyond giving very big answers to state what specifically needs to be done. But for the sake of time, what I would say is... Um, we should always be mindful of the fact that technology is an enabler and not necessarily something to um, plaster upon existing problems, which means that you have to be sure that your business is in a position where it's already operating well, and then your digital transformation is simply to make it scale and not to solve the problems that you're, that's, that's, you know, not to solve the operational problems that you're having. So if you, are, if you are certain that you are in that position where you are ready for this scaling, you know, because things are working uh, pretty much well, um, typically a very good starting point would be to reach out to um, someone who has, uh, who has um, very rich knowledge in the industry that you're operating in and who has um, experience transforming um, organizations to digital organizations. And, uh, and then, you know, that person will be in a very good position to help. But again, I would like to reiterate something. Technology is an enabler. It's not there to plaster over existing cracks. So make sure that even in your uh, non-digital modes that things are working well, that way when you incorporate technology into the organization, it becomes to, uh, to scale the organization. Then to quickly go to the second one, um, so the, the idea of Nigeria developers playing in the global markets is something that's already happening. You know, we have, um, I know that Zone Tech Park is trying to, is probably looking into that area, you know, trying to get uh, talent from the local markets and exposing them to opportunities, even opportunities that exist outside. And the company that I work for, Andela, is known for doing that. And, um, you know, thus far, it's been a good 
it's been a good journey. It's been so good that there have been a number of companies that are springing up with that same idea of taking the local talent and placing them in the global market. So the fact that the number of companies doing this and the number of developers that they are placing in the global market is increasing means that uh, we've gotten to that stage where we can say we are ready for the global market. Now, does that mean that there's work to be done? Of course, there's still work to be done. But the good thing is that the more developers we have playing in the uh, global market, then the more experience we have to be shared amongst developers in the local ecosystem. So you can see developers who have worked globally coming back you know, during tech talks or during community events to share their experiences with other developers, thereby helping us get even more ready for that global market. So yes, we are already playing in the global markets. Yes, there's still work to be done, but I think we've already started a journey that is only going to continue and continue. Thank you. Fantastic, thank you, thank you. That was brilliant, thank you. Um, we have come to the end of this session. We have some questions that have not been answered. So I would just like to say that if you want to privately reach out to Daniel or Franklin, you have their contact details here. As you can see on my screen, you can message, email, or call Daniel to answer further questions or for inquiries. It was a wonderful session. I hope it was insightful enough. I hope you were able to take one or two nuggets to either affect your business as an employer or to affect you personally as a talent looking to explore other opportunities. Once again, my name is Ada Ushang. I was the moderator for this session. Thank you so much, Daniel Ali. Thank you for all the insights. Thank you for all the knowledge shared. Thank you, Franklin. It was so wonderful to have you on this session. And my most wonderful audience, thank you so much. We will be communicating the next webinar topic shortly in an email. You would find the details of this session right after the session it will be communicated to you in your emails and you would have recordings if you request for thank you so much it was wonderful to have you i would now take a closing remark from daniel daniel can we have a closing remark from you uh okay so Thank you very much, um, everybody. I mean, COVID-19 has demonstrated the importance of digital readiness, um, and uh, which allows businesses and life to have to, you know, we all have to return um, to, to what we used to be. It may not be that simple as much as possible. Uh, building the necessary infrastructure to support a digitized world and business and stay current in the latest technology will be essential for any business or even any country to be able to remain competitive in a post-COVID-19 world, um, as well as uh, the need for us to be able to take human-centered and inclusive approach to technology governance. Now, um, I'll take a step back and say, looking at BBC's um, projection, it is estimated about there'll be about 200 million people, uh, I mean, 200 million job loss by the time COVID-19 will be over. And this is not, I mean, this is already happening uh, 
um, across the world. So what do we need to do as businesses to be able to continue to cope uh, with this? Being able to, comp I mean, as much as possible, digitize uh, the, way we, the way we run, automate our processes. And to do that, you need a reputable partner, definitely. You, it's something you need to be able to do, whether you need to start hiring developers by yourself or you need to outsource your clearly defined product, require, um, product you know, to, to companies. But oh, I mean, above all, we need to be able to work together as businesses to be able to get us to that next level. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Any words from you, Franklin, before we wrap it up? I would like to add that um, the now viral video by Bill Gates warns us that um, this uh, pandemic is not going to be the last of its kind. Uh, we are going to have at least more epidemics. Um, that is not to create a sense of dismay, but to encourage us um, you know, to let us know that whatever investments we are making in this time is not a waste. You are not, it's not uh, an overreaction. It's an investment that is going to see your company through not just this period, but uh, future similar situations. So I encourage everyone to go on this journey. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We will see at the next webinar. Thank you, thank you, thank you everyone. Have a wonderful day from the Zoom Tech Pack team.